Welcome to the Great Big Podcast. My name is Jenny. And mine's Alyssa. And we're here to talk about all things pop culture. With this podcast, we just want to talk about what we like, what we don't like, and everything in between. In today's episode, I will be talking about Phantom of the Opera. Um, I wanted to focus more on Andrew Lloyd Webber's 1986 musical, but I kind of got carried away and ended up talking a lot about the 1925 silent film. So I'm very excited to share. Like that's a big difference, right? Is there a reason why you focus on the other one more than the other one? Um, it's just so interesting when you talk, like when you look into the history of like the 1925 film, which I'll get into Mm -hmm. later. There's just like a lot of history and mystery around it. History, mystery, a lot of mystery. So it's just like it kind of you go through a rabbit hole, and then suddenly you're like, well, I was actually going to talk about other things too. So, (laughs) (laughs) but isn't that life? Exactly. Exactly. Um, and anyone who knows me knows that I love Phantom of the Opera. Um, I saw the U.S. tour four times. Four times. I have which some, cities? Uh, so twice in Costa Mesa, uh-huh. once in Los Angeles, and then I made a special trip to Seattle. Oh yeah, to see it. Mm-hmm. Um, because I I don't know. I had nothing better to do. <laughs> Why not? A I was like, I want to go on vacation. Let's go to. Let me look up where the Phantom uh-huh. of the Opera tour is right now. <laughs> Is I had to be here exactly, and I was I like, "Ooh, I've here. always wanted to see Seattle," so gave me a reason to go. Exactly. Um, I have seen the movie countless times. It's a movie I'll just put on and do whatever. So, In which version? Uh, the twenty twenty two thousand four uh-huh. movie, mm-hmm. the musical. That's a good one. Amazing, we love it. Um, and then I also have four copies of the book. I've read it twice, and then I also read the Muppet version once. <laughs> Which one's better? Um, the Muppet version. Obviously. Obviously. <laughs> I mean, one has Kermit, the and the other one doesn't. doesn't. <laughs> we all know we're Kermit-loving gals over here. Exactly. We are Kermit fans first, and first, people second. second. Exactly. <laughs> uh, the Phantom of the Opera has been adapted into nine films and has two musical adaptations, um, one of which... I will be talking about mm-hmm. as we already talked about. <laughs> um, so it is going to be kind of two parts. The first one's going to be like the history of the book and the 1925 movie. And the second part, I'll focus more on Andrew Lloyd Webber's musical. And just those for those who are unfamiliar with the plot, uh, the Phantom of the Opera tells the story of a girl named Christine. She's a chorus girl at the opera who is being taught how to sing by what she calls her angel of music. Her first night on stage as, like, the leading soprano, a man is in the audience who is named Raoul Vicomte de Chani, and is revealed that he and Christine grew up together, and they're kind of like childhood sweethearts. Um, However, Raoul's sudden appearance, it's actually Raoul, but in the musical they call him Raoul. Raoul sounds nicer. Raoul. With the emphasis on the U. Yeah, like Raoul, but yeah. I'm lazy and I also say Raoul. <laughs> Raoul. Raoul. <laughs> JK Rowling. <laughs> Rowling. Raoul. <laughs> so it's um Raoul's presence who upsets the Phantom, and that's what causes the Phantom to basically kidnap Christine. Oh, yeah. Oh, kidnap kidnapping dun 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 very intense yeah you know he's in the mirror and uh-huh. she's like oh my he's like come with me christine i'm your angel of music and she's like sure random dude in the mirror why not yeah set up for a great romance romance <laughs> wow so, uh, 
But the angel of music, the man in the mirror, Mm -hmm. ends up being the guy who's been haunting the opera and causing trouble for everyone Mm -hmm. and is dropping things on the prima donna Carlotta. Mm -hmm. And no one believes Christine when she says that she's seen the opera ghost and that he, like, kidnapped her and, like, she knows who he is until he makes himself present at the masquerade and he's basically like, here's my opera that I have written for you. Put it on or else. And they're like, well, I guess we have to now. So it's during this performance of Don Juan, which is his opera, that he kidnaps Christine and we get to uh, the climax and Raul mm-hmm. has to save her and blah, 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 blah. Mm. Interesting. A lot happens. A lot happens. This is all set within this. Within um, the opera. opera. Okay. Yes. Yeah. It's I love all... one setting. Those are fun. Yeah. The, mm-hmm. uh, it's like the Palace Garnier or something. Opera Garnier. Mm. Something like that. Mm. But the author kind of changed the name because it's a fictional opera oh not like the actual paris opera house interesting but it is based on that oh okay inspiration yeah inspiration okay so before i get any further Alyssa, Mm -hmm. uh we've been friends for forever i talk about phantom all the time but i'm not exactly sure like Mm -hmm. how familiar you are with it so my earliest memory memory of phantom of the opera is watching it in my history class in like seventh grade I don't know what was the purpose of watching it for class, but we watched it. That version, the movie version. I don't really remember it. I know I saved it on YouTube to watch later, but I think they took it off of YouTube. Yeah, it was free for a while, but it's <gasps> not free anymore. Tragic. I'll just find it somewhere else. I mean, I know like other places, I'll just stream it legally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then when I was shopping, your summary does make a lot more sense about Phantom of the Opera than when I was shopping for your birthday gift. <laughs> I got her Phantom of the Opera coasters. It's like, what are these characters? I had to like Google it. I'm like, what is this? <laughs> like, who are these who people? people? Like, I just like the pictures. They look cute. <laughs> but yeah, but the refresher is great. I kind of know what's happening now because I know like it's just, you know, beautiful people looking scared in the pictures I've seen for the movies, you know, but I'm like, okay, I have context. Yeah, basically it. Yeah. I like that. Pretty people looking scared. You're pretty like, Whoa. people. You're like, I've seen what? it so pretty in the movies. Ugh, amazing. What's her actress name? For the 2004 mm-hmm. movie, it's Emmy Rossum. Yes. She's still, she was in that Shameless show. She was. She was. I don't know Both if she's doing anything else. But oh, no, she just had a her. kid. <gasps> she did. She did. Okay. I'm like, I know, so like, happy for her. I don't know if they're still together, but I'm pretty sure she's married to the guy who was like the showrunner for Mr. Robot. Oh, wow. Yeah. I'm going to have to, don't fact check me on that. But yeah, so I think <laughs> that's their, I think they're still together. I think that's probably their kid. But yeah. I have no idea. Yeah, the show business. Yeah. Good for her. Good for her kid. Oh, my God. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah, I, I appreciate the refresher. Because I don't remember much. <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. So long before Andrew Lloyd Webber created the smash hit musical, The Phantom of the Opera, there was a, the book. The book? Uh, so the book was called Le Phantom de l'Opera, which is French. And it was written by, of course, a French novelist by the name of Gaston LaRue. I like that. LaRue. 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 It's not LaRue. It's French, LaRue. So like, everything sounds so funny. LaRue. <laughs> uh, so originally the story of the Phantom was written in a serial format for a newspaper, which was published um, between 1909 through 1910. Um, later on, it was published in one volume, which is how we get the book. Um, so the Phantom of the Opera is both a mystery and a gothic romance. <gasps> Ooh, Ooh, very spooky gothic romance. Do you watch Ooh. it? Wait, do you watch Phantom of the Opera more during the spooky season, or just or does it not matter? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's You're just like, on. is this on all the time? It's just on all the time. 
It's not even like a, I don't know, because like, we'll get it. I mean, I don't really touch on it later, but the musical is so like not horror. It's definitely more of a romance. But is there any like gothic romance vibes or is it just more romance vibes? Yeah, there is a bit of goth, gothic, like touch of gothic. But not as much as like Crimson Peak gothic romance. Yeah. Less like than this is like watered down Crimson Peak. Crimson Peak. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. Fair. <laughs> Um, so LaRue, the author, was actually inspired by an actual event that happened at the Paris Opera House where a fire on the roof, uh, burned through the counterweight wire holding the chandelier, causing it to crash to the floor and it killed a person. Um, so that, along with there being rumors of, like, a ghost in the Opera House, led to him writing the Phantom of the Opera. Ooh. I know, I'm like, who is the ghost? Because I feel like... I'm not sure. I should have looked into it more. I'm pretty sure, like, the Paris Opera House was still, like, relatively new. So, I'm like, how is it already haunted? A lot of people have died back then. That's true. (laughs) (laughs) It's like you cough and you're dead. (laughs) Oh, God. At, like, 35. People just died a lot. But, yeah. Yeah, people just died. I'm like, yeah, another one. This is the early 19th. uh, Yeah, 1900. So, you know. Yeah. We'd just be dropping dead. Well, tragic. Well, we knew we knew Leroy for like five days, but he's gone. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Bring it in. Alyssa's a whole comedian. I try. Uh, one of the very first film adaptions of The Phantom of the Opera was made by Universal Pictures. It was a silent uh, film made in 1925 starring Lon Chaney. And please tell me you know who Lon Chaney is. I don't. Oh my god! Who is he? Oh my god! So Lon Chaney Uh is basically the dude behind every single um, Universal monster uh, and movie. So he was um, in like The Hunchback of Notre Dame. Um, Of course, we know the opera because we're talking about it. Um, God, what else did he do? He was, um, like, in everything. Was he the main character in all of them? Yeah. Oh, yeah, he played the main monster. Oh, okay. Yeah, so okay. he basically kind of, like, all of the monster makeup he did himself. Oh. So, yeah, for the 1925 mm. uh, Phantom film, he did the makeup. He's the one that made gave him, like, the pig, like, nose. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he, like, almost invented, like, the <gasps> the movie monster. Interesting. So, like, he was so iconic that, like, he died really young. He died in 1930. Oh. I know. Like, like we said like before. We said, everyone <laughs> dies. Died. But, like, his Aww. son became, like, a big monster movie guy. <gasps> cool. uh, so a lot of show, uh, movies will um, star, like, Lon Chaney Jr. Mm-hmm. Um, and he did, like, 40 stuff. So kind of like the Wolfman and other stuff. But, yeah, like, Lon Chaney is the guy. The wow. guy for everything. So it's like, if you haven't seen any of it, you need to look up uh, the makeup that he did for these movies because it's just super impressive. And he did it all by himself. All by himself. It's like he's acting and doing his own makeup. Yeah. Damn. I mean, but it's also a silent film, so all you have to do is like... I mean, you still got the, the emotions. That's true. That's true. But still, that's very good. Not many people could do everything. I don't know if you've ever heard, but, like, people said that his makeup in The Phantom of the Opera was so scary during, like, the unmasking scene that people actually fainted in the theater. 
They're like, oh my, because I thought it was like real or something. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like, people. Oh no. Oh, oh no. And then it just passed out. Oh my gosh. <laughs> wow. But now I'm like, I really can't imagine their like Victorian sensibilities. So we look at it now and I'm like, eh, it's just a guy. I mean, they didn't, you know, back then. That's nope. true. But literally, he's literally an icon then. Yeah, he's an icon. Oh, like, wow. The first icon. The first icon. <laughs> Thank you, Lon, for your work. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for Phantom. So the way that uh, the 1925 movie came about is kind of interesting, at least in my opinion. Uh, when I looked up the movie on Wikipedia, it said in 1922, Carl, I can't say it. It's like Lemelay or something. The I, think, president. I think that's close. Yeah. Lemelay. I've taken so many uh, film classes, you'd think I would know by now. Lemelay. That sounds Lemelay. right. Uh, the president of Universal Pictures took a vacation to Paris. Um, during his vacation, he met uh, the author, I can speak, Gaston LaRue, who was working in the French film industry. Um, Lamelet mentioned to LaRue that he admired the Paris Opera House, and then LaRue gave him a copy of his novel. Um, Lamelet read the book in one night and then bought the film rights. Hmm. Whoa. So, right? Wow. I mean, like, Quick. wow. They're like, this is boom, great. boom, 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 Love the guy stalking young girls. <laughs> <laughs> I think the audience would love this. <laughs> like, that's exactly what we need for my monster films. <laughs> uh, this movie was made right before sound film was invented, mm -hmm. um, which actually means that there was, like, a second version created. So oh. they actually made a talking version oh. a few years later. Um, the interesting thing, though, is that this version of the film no longer exists in its entirety. Mm -hmm. Oh. Yeah, there's, like, a whole mystery surrounding it because mm -hmm. they can't find, they only have, like, a minute or so of the print, um, and even, like, the actors came back to, like, redo scenes and record dialogue, but they're not even sure, like, where most of this footage is. It's locked up. And then, weirdly enough, mm -hmm. there's actually, like, a third version of this movie. Okay. Um, so there's, like, the original, the talkie version, and the Eastman House print. Mm -hmm. um, and the Eastman House print also has some mystery to it. Um, again, according to Wikipedia, it is uncertain what purpose uh, the negative used to strike the print was produced, as it includes footage from the 1930s sound reissue, and it shows few signs of wear or damage interesting yeah so i'm like where is this print why was it made like I, like jenny's like i will buy it <laughs> like i'm like Ugh. and but there's all there's like versions of it because it shows you like the eastern print mm -hmm. and then the original 1925 mm -hmm. and like it's like they filmed with two cameras because the shots are just like slightly off yeah you'll see like the same action but from a different, different angle a different angle yeah hmm um interesting yeah. Um, and it also, oddly enough, also has footage of the 1930 sound reissue. Oh, I yeah. think I said that. Anyways, so this version, the Eastman print, um, it opens up with a prologue showing a man with a lantern. Um, but there's no, like, corresponding title cards or dialogue for this. So it's kind of like, who is he? What is he saying? Why is he there? So spooky. Yeah, it's just like some guy. Um, there's a really good YouTube video that I will have to find up and send it to you because uh -huh. they kind of like analyze like what this print is and what happened to the sound version. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's really kind of weird just to see like this original footage and they're like with the sound that we will never hear. Oh yeah. I'm like, what happened? I'd like to know 
Like, who saw this version? Didn't they do it on purpose that there would be, like, suspense for the future? Like, they will never know. They will never know. I mean, I kind of doubt they thought that. Uh, <laughs> Beforehand? They're yeah, like, yeah, we just lost like, it. We the movie. It was shown. Throw it out. Yeah, basically. <laughs> um... So the yeah, so the man with the lantern seems to have been a talking sequence. However, it also shows up in the original 1925 version, but it's shorter and uses like different angles. It has a close-up of the man. And furthermore, to add to the mystery of all of it all, opening title sequence, the lantern man, along with some other scenes, are at 24 frames frames per second which is sound film speed, and therefore was shot after the movie's original release. Yeah. So. A lot of re-filming and Yeah. Doing, yeah. Interesting. And like, who even... Like, that was unheard of. Interesting. I just love a good mystery, especially mm-hmm. with tales like this from old Hollywood. Because mm-hmm. I'm like... There's a lot of those. There's a lot of those. Mm-hmm. I'm like, did anyone know what was happening? Did they care? They're just, like, throwing things out. I mean, it's probably a lot easier to do back then because, like, there's no one really logs things back then. And it's true. You know, maybe now there's, like, a little bit more, like, not, like, holding people accountable, but just, like, oh, yeah, this person was here at this time, so they would know what would happen, you know? And I like that we say back then. I mean, even throughout, like, the mm. 70s and 80s, they didn't. I mean, yeah, they're just like, woo, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, interesting. Oh, okay. Oh, so I watched a YouTube video, totally different tangent. <laughs> um, really cool. It was about Little Shop of Horrors. Uh-huh. And, like, it had a whole different ending um, that didn't make it onto, like, the original cut because mm-hmm. it was, like, too dark and people didn't like it during test screenings. So they cut it out and didn't save it. So it was basically gone. Yeah, it was just the movie with their new recut or reshot, like, happier ending. On a, and, like, and just how do you just film all of that because they had to use like miniatures you know little yeah. horror is a mm-hmm. man eating yeah. plant yeah they had to use like miniatures and like a bunch of smaller puppets to film this only to be like yeah we're not gonna use it cut it and throw it away it's crazy because like obviously that's like the world of pre-digital filming so like they were just like but that's like a big deal when you record all that because you yeah, know that's that's crazy because now it's like easier it's like everything's on digital Everything. You don't kept. use it. You don't use it. Whatever. But yeah, but like you had like the hard copy back then. You would think they would hold on to it a little bit. Yeah. Harder because if it's gone, it's gone. Like preserve it. Yeah. Jeez, it was high stakes for filming back then, though. Right. Mm-hmm. But there is a good, like a good ending to that because they did find like the the print and. Mm-hmm. Sorry, we're able to like put it back together and it is now. Like out for people to view. So. Okay, but there was like the. That's crazy, man. Not good to be pre pre digital days, right? People do love the, you know, film. True, it is very pretty. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So I highly recommend the silent version of Phantom of the Opera. Getting back on track. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, if you're a Phantom lover or just a lover of old Hollywood, especially like the Universal monster movies, I think you'd enjoy it. And you can find the whole thing for free on YouTube. So if you have a chance, um, it's a great watch. But they, they they got rid of the other one, so I will have to watch this one. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it's a silent film, so it's kind of hard to get through. But it's also really good. Is like it long. It's yeah, it is pretty lengthy. Just like, like over an hour and a half. Oh, that's fine. Yeah. I, 
if it's after, if it's over two hours, that's when I start. <laughs> like, like, no. if, it's, if it's within the two hours, I'm like, I got this. <laughs> I got this. Um, but before I move on, I want to share another uh, fun fact about the film. Uh, so the movie was filmed on the Universal Studios backlot in Soundstage 28. Um, and the set for the movie is actually not taken down and stayed up in the soundstage. Uh, they even used it in movies like the uh, 2011 Muppet film. Oh, I know. When worlds collide. Right? <laughs> Um, and it was also said that the ghost of Lon Chaney used to haunt the soundstage. Like, people would see a caped figure, uh, just like the phantom running around. I know. I want to see his ghost. <laughs> okay, you only like scary movies, <laughs> but sure, Jenny. <laughs> what? You would tolerate the ghost, though. Yeah, of Lon Chaney. And be like, hey, and I'll be like, spooky. spooky and then we like, oh, cool. Disappear. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but unfortunately, this soundstage was demolished uh, back in 2014, and it's going to be the site of the new Super Mario World at Universal Studios. So maybe while we're doing some Mario Kart, like Lon <laughs> Chaney is going to show up. He'll be, he'll be in his own little cart. Yeah, he'll be like, like spooky, <laughs> and then he'll like run you over. <laughs> it sounds great. It sounds great. <laughs> It'd be fun. I mean, we kind of saw where the because since we were at Universal recently, like it kind of looks pretty. Like they have like the area for Super Mario. It looks pretty interesting, right? I mean, it looks great. Mm-hmm. It's not too big. It's of a, I mean, everything there is small. It is true. But if you look up pictures of like the one in Japan. Oh, it looks so cool. It's is it, is it is bigger? Ooh. Oh, yeah. So much bigger. And it's, like, a lot closer to being done than ours is. Oh, okay. But so. still, oh, I didn't know, like, I thought they had it for a while now, but so it's all pretty new. Yeah, Fresh. very recent. Ooh. Okay, so that took, like, a little bit longer than I expected, but I just love the original silent film and got a little carried away, but it's okay. It's okay. Uh, now we can jump ahead. I was going to talk a little bit about, like, the other ones, but who cares? Um, so we're going to go to the 80s and talk about one man who just wanted to write a romantic musical. Um, but previously, Andrew Lloyd Webber was famous for the musicals such as Cats um, and Jesus Christ Superstar, both of which are some of my most favorite musicals, um, but definitely not romances. No. No. <laughs> Unless you like Cats is uh, not romantic in my opinion. <laughs> Uh, Jesus Christ Superstar, I mean, I it's, I seen it. it's it? about Jesus Christ. Not yeah. surprised. So, I mean, unless you, like, count him and Mary, but it's definitely not, like, a true romance. It's not the, the main yeah, genre. It's not, yeah, okay. I mean, it's kind of like, I mean, he never, uh, it's a whole other thing. Anyways, off track. <laughs> um, so, Andy, Andy Lloyd Webber, along with producer Cam McIntosh, uh, watched the 1925 version of Phantom along with the 1943 version starring Claude Rains, but thought neither could really translate well on stage. Um, it wasn't until Andy found a copy of the book and read it that the story really jumped out to him and he was inspired to write the musical. I guess, I don't know, there's just something about that book. Something about that book. Something about that book. Something about that girl. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The musical ended up debuting on the West End on September 27th. 1986 at Her Majesty's Theater, where it is still playing today. Um, it's actually the second longest-running musical in the West End, being only by Les Miserables. Oh, wow. Right? Did not know that. Yeah, I mean, I guess people really like it. The original cast included Michael Crawford as the Phantom, Sarah Brightman as Christine, and Steve Barton as Raul. 
Uh, Michael Crawford, if you remember from High School Musical, when Chad was like, my mom oh. has a picture of Michael Crawford. Oh, in that the makes fridge. so much sense. Yeah. <laughs> and then that reminds me that I did re-listen to High School Musical 3, the soundtrack again. Mwah, so good. <laughs> so good. Because uh, I almost like, went on Twitter recently. Like, okay, I need to re-listen to this. Like, High School yeah. Musical 2, Supremacy. The third one has great songs. It though. does, though. It's very emotional. Um, Like Scream. That that whole like setup, that scene, amazing. They were like, I think Christopher Nolan stole that hallway scene. <laughs> I think so. I You're think so. so. Right. He like, saw this and I was like, like I need this in my movie. <laughs> he stole from Disney. Um, uh, yes, I, I'm crediting um, something Ortega, right? Kenny? Kenny Ortega. I'm, I'm crediting him <laughs> for that hallway scene. <laughs> Iconic. Um, Sarah Brightman was actually married to Andrew Lloyd Webber at the time. So he kind of wrote the role for her. He was like, yes, my my wife. My 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 wife. wife. My wife. (laughs) Um, And Steve Barton, just a guy. I mean, I'm sure he was famous. I'm sorry. (laughs) Just a guy. Just a guy. He's great. I love his Ralph. So I don't mean any disrespect. It's just like, he's just a guy. He's just a guy. It's okay to be just a guy. Just a guy. I mean, I'm sure. He, He ended up playing the Phantom a couple years later oh okay good for him yeah um so yeah smash hit um and it's arguably one of the most recognizable musicals ever and since it's opening on the west end phantom has opened on broadway uh making its debut in 1988 and winning the tony for best musical phantom is actually the longest running show on broadway (gasps) yeah unbeaten so far (gasps) i did not know that yeah because lame is uh, has opened and closed a lot on Broadway, so mm. I guess Americans just don't care for it. <laughs> I guess. And then I think Cats was also at one point the longest running show, but that closed. It's very niche. Yeah. Niche. But it's, I mean, people like spectacle, a dance, and costumes. Some costumes. Shoes. I mean, it's great. It's something you can quote unquote take your kids to. I yeah. Mean, They'd be disturbed, but, you know. <laughs> the kids like cats. They're like, hey, it's, it's, kids, it's cats, kids. No, don't worry. Um, it has also toured the U.S. and the world multiple times. It's had residencies in cities throughout the world. It was also in Las Vegas for a while. Very sad that I never got to see it before it closed. Oh. Um, and then, as I said earlier, I ended up seeing the latest U.S. tour four times. Really hope it goes back on tour one of these days. I don't want to wait like ten years. I mean, I'll wait a couple years. Probably, hopefully, right. Um, and then two thousand four, they had the movie adaptation, which we already talked about. Um, so Andrew Lloyd Webber didn't sell the rights to Phantom. Instead, he like independently produced it so he could retain full creative control. Um, and this movie was directed by Joel Schumacher, who at the time. I just finished directing the Tim Burton Batman film. I you... love, I love the one with Poison. Wait, no, with Catwoman <laughs> and Penguin. Amazing. Um, all I know about the Batman films are like the nipples. That was for the one with the um. Is that a different one? It's for George Clooney. Oh, okay. I think different. That was Batman. a more recent one. All yeah. right. There was Robin was and like... Batgirl. That one had Poison Ugh. Ivy and Arnold Schwarzenegger as. Ooh, forgot his name. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Michael Keaton was the one in um, the Tim Burton one. Oh, we love Michael Keaton. Yeah, he was great. I, I liked him a lot. <laughs> um, 
Um, God, I they like Andy saw Joel Schumacher do like the Outsiders or the Lost Boys. I think it was the Lost Boys. Well, this seemed kind of similar to me. No, it was the Lost Boys. The Lost Boys. Yeah, it was like a horror film. And I guess Andrew Lloyd Webber was like, "This is great. He should do Phantom." And I'm like, "For why? <laughs> For why? For why?" Oh my god. <laughs> I mean, like, I trust like um people who are in charge. Like, oh, like they might know what vision they want. But sometimes you're like, "Are you sure about that?" You know? <laughs> are you sure? And just to like add to it, the movie stars Gerard Butler as Phantom, Emmy Rossum as Christine, um, and Patrick Wilson as Raoul. Um. And the only person that can really sing out of the three is like Patrick Wilson. I didn't know Gerard Butler was the Phantom. Yeah. I had no I thought Patrick Wilson was the Phantom <laughs> the entire time. Oh, oh honey, no. <laughs> I didn't know he was in the movie. Yeah. Gerard Butler doesn't sing. He does I mean yeah, you're you're so right. Yeah, he does I've not seen sing. Some of I've seen I haven't seen his work. I've seen his trailers for the work that he's in. I'm like this man can't sing. Yeah, um, oh, interesting. It was a choice. Um, but it was because of the movie that I have a lifelong obsession with Phantom of the Opera. So I don't know. They did something right or wrong. Or... Patrick Patrick Wilson looks good, though. He, oh my god, I love Patrick Wilson. He's great. Yeah, so Gerard Butler as the Phantom was a choice. Um, Emmy as Christine was a choice. A well, good choice. I, eh, oh, okay. Okay. Was she, though? I don't know. You tell me. So, okay. So, out of all the three, who was your favorite? I mean, Patrick Wilson, of course. Love he Patrick was Wilson. so underutilized, which is incredibly sad. Because mm-hmm. um, he is, like, a professional singer. He was on Broadway before this. And, I mean, Emmy had a little bit of training, but she was also, like, 16. So was a baby. She's a baby. Yeah. Um, and doesn't really have that operatic soprano voice you'd expect. That's hard. That's like, a, that's like a years of training. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then Gerard Butler just can't sing. <laughs> He's just there to be spooky. <laughs> He's there to look hot. And he does a great <laughs> job. <laughs> okay. Interesting. Nice. I mean, we, okay. I just love Patrick Wilson, so. Ugh. He's the best. He's cool. Watch it for him. He sings a bit in The Conjuring, too. I'm like, you didn't have to sing. But it, was like, it was a nice, tender scene. Ooh, we love that. Right, yeah. And I'm like, we need to show off his singing chops. In the scary movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I it was like seven, between the ages of seven and nine, when I saw this for the first time, it was very life-changing. You know, mm-hmm. baby Jenny was like, whoa, they're singing. Oh, my God. <laughs> was this the first musical movie you've seen? I mean, are we going to count like Disney movies or all that and all no, that? No, I won't. I wouldn't. No, like, no, is like, this, like, is this would this be your first one? Probably. Um, uh, probably not, because I'm pretty sure I saw like Sound of Music and the. Q&A. Oh, that's true. Yeah, that's true. So, we all saw Sound of Music. And Wizard early. of Oz. True. So yeah, 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 not quite, but one of the first ones. It was kind of like started the musical obsession. You became obsessed. Obsessed. <laughs> I mean, the music was amazing. The sets were gorgeous. I mean, Gerard was hot as a phantom. It has it all. It has it all. I mean, even if he can't sing, he looks great. Um, they did a, like I personally enjoy it. However, this movie is kind of controversial among Phantom fans. A lot of people say like Joel Schumacher wasn't the right person to direct, and others say 
Andrew Lloyd Webber shouldn't have had shouldn't have had so much creative control. Um, but despite this, the movie is very faithful to the stage version. They only changed a few things kind of to help shorten it up and to kind of ex give more context to some things. So, you know, kind of like looking back, it kind of, I think, shows more of the flaws and like the source material. Oh. Yeah, instead mm. of not like the musical it's like movie itself itself because hmm. i'm like it it really is you kind of watch the movie and it's almost exactly how you see it on stage except there's like actual realized sets um and i'm like well a lot of like the nitpicks were there in like the original version already so mm. it's just kind of like now that you can watch the film and kind of like watch it over and over and you're like well that doesn't make sense and i don't like that I'm like, well, then you didn't like the original material in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the biggest critiques people have is, so the mo- movie and the stage film kind of start with, like, an auction scene. Um, it's way in the future. Christine is, like, dead, and it's Raul, and he's kind of, like, reminiscing um, at the opera. And then they raise up the chandelier, and that kind of sends everything back in oh. time. Yeah. It's great, because they, like, blast this, like, crazy overture um and like one of the reasons why in the 80s they opened up with that scene that really does nothing um is just so that they didn't want to like blast this loud music at the audience <laughs> oh you know, okay. they wanted like a little build up oh, and to like show off the chandelier theatrics mm-hmm. um but when you t- like add that to the movie um they were like okay yeah so we see Raul, like old Raul, and then they like added more old Raul scenes throughout which is weird and not like from the stage version and it adds nothing to the movie. So that's like one of the things they tried to explain why that opening scene was important when it wasn't needed to explain. And honestly, they probably could have taken it out in the first place. Like Mm -hmm. they could have done something else opened up with just the overture or put something else in the beginning but, like, having that complaint just shows that you don't like the scene in the original musical. And it's not, like, just a problem the movie has. Interesting. So. Hmm. But I think the movie's good. It's I enjoy fun. it. It's fun. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's... Unless you can go to Broadway every night and see the show, it's just not... Like, how are you supposed to watch it? So you have the movie and that's it. Well, there's also the 2011 staged... Or 2012 staged version, mm-hmm. um, which is good, which is also great. Um, it's starring uh, kind of like Andrew Lloyd Webber's favorite people, Ramin Karamlu, Sierra Bogues, and Hadley Frazier. Um, but it's more of like a concert, quote unquote, concert version because it's very minimal sets and it's like a lot of projections, but they're all in costume. Mm. Um, it's also good. It's a little more. People prefer that over the movie just because it doesn't add all the stuff. Um, God, this is a whole tangent for another episode. I don't really enjoy it um, because of, oh God, the sequel, Mm -hmm. which is, needs its own episode. Yeah, there's a sequel to the Phantom of the Opera. have sequels. I don't even know that sometimes. Because the sequels are usually bad. (laughs) And Love Never Dies 
Like, calling it bad is nice. Like, it's... Same characters, or...? Same characters. Oh. It is awful. It is awful, awful, awful. Yikes. Um, and it's very obvious in the 2012 version that they tried to... Or was it 2011? I don't remember. It doesn't matter. It's very obvious that they tried to kind of, like, tie in the two a little bit more with, like... And they didn't change, like, lyrics... But they changed kind of, like, how things are said. So characters kind of like, Raul come off a little more aggressive when he's definitely more of, like, a kind and caring character towards Christine. So, so like, there's too many, like, characterizations that don't make sense. Yeah. Okay, that's not good. That's not good. You mm-hmm. know what? I decided right now, my next episode is going to be on Love Never <laughs> Dies. Because um, the thing with sequels, like, it's fine if, like, okay, like, usually for sequels, like, usually the usually the stories usually tank. I'm just saying, like, sequels in general, like, for movies and stuff. But, like, the characters should pretty be similar i think it makes me more angry when like the characters are completely different than when they were in the first movie yeah you know what i mean is, this is it no, yeah. no one's recognizable in oh the, god in the it's it's a tragedy right it's there a, it's a choice mm-hmm. <laughs> uh just to wrap it up i feel like i've been talking for forever that's okay <laughs> love to hear you oh i love talking to you oh <laughs> and it's phantom and it's phantom um uh, i think my favorite thing my favorite things about Phantom is just like the story, because uh, there's themes of redemption and forgiveness. Because even though Christine was manipulated and lied to by the Phantom, and we just saw him do like horrible things, you know, you still feel like a pity and compassion towards him. And in the climax, you know, Christine shows the Phantom compassion and kisses him and kind of you know tells him he's not alone, and that's what leads. Uh, to him letting Christine and Raul go. Um, another thing I just love is how kind and caring Raul is to Christine. Like, his character has such a warmth to it. If he's has this, like, nice, calming sense. Oh, he's such a man. <laughs> he's such a man. And it's so easy what a to man. see why Christine is drawn to him well. and falls in love with him. Um, and it's just, there's just something very enchanting about the musical. It's something that I can go back to over and over and enjoy. And it doesn't get old. Is it your comfort musical? Definitely. Definitely. I mean, yeah, it's like I'll put it on to go to sleep or if I'm having a bad day or I watched it yesterday and I'm like, I want to watch it again. It's me and Phantom. <laughs> it's me and Phantom. It's me and Phantom. Taking over the world. So, yeah. Oh, well, thank you for, this is, I definitely do want to watch it now, though. <laughs> But YouTube was Good. being mean and took it out of its it out of now. its system. And I'm like, well, I want to watch it now. <laughs> uh, but you said the silent one is on there, right? The silent one is okay. on there. This Phantom of the Opera, 1925. Mm-hmm. I think when I watched it a few years ago, it was like in parts. So oh, I don't know fine. if it's the full things up there. I can click on multiple videos. Yeah, that's just, fine. You know, every like ten minutes or so helps you stay a little more engaged. Hmm. Any any closing thoughts? Any anything you've realized? Um, Epiphanies. Phantom still is the, one of the best musicals ever, and it is very eighties. Oh, it's so wonderfully eighties, but it still <laughs> holds up, and it's still something you know that relates to people and that people can come back to, and it's mm-hmm. pretty amazing to see you know something a hundred years old is still yeah. so. Uh, relevant and prevalent in our culture so I just love to see 
I just, what am I trying to say? I just love that, um, you know, it's still something, it's still around, that it's still something people talk about, and mm-hmm. that it's not going to be going away anytime soon. And I will, be, and I will be manifesting that Fanta comes back, and that you will be able to watch it again. Yes. <laughs> Free on YouTube. That's all we want. <laughs> no, I just want you to actually see it, like the, the musical again. Just again. manifesting that they're going to be back. U.S. tour. US, U.S. tour. I'm not going to manifest it. And then it will happen. Okay. Don't you worry. <laughs> so thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Great Big Podcast. You can find us at the Great Big Pod on Twitter. You can email us at the Great Big Pod at gmail.com for episode suggestions. Or if you like Phantom, let us know. Any if other musicals? Like Phantom, if you don't like Phantom, uh, if you like any musicals, let us know. Yeah, let us know your favorite musical and why. Yeah, that's true. Maybe some inspos for the future. Yeah, just let us know what you want us to discuss. Don't forget to follow or subscribe or whatever and leave a five-star rating. It really help us out if you do. And see you next time on The Great Big Podcast.